is doing just fine Tell you, walked up, frozen in time Now I'm caught up with all of these words on my mind Oh, your eyes intoxicate me like white wine So it's been taking me some time to get back up on my feet Welcome back to the movie Draft House. I'm your host Mark. Also, ho- oh, Ooh. also joined by co-host Jeff. That, that's me. My name's Jeff. I, I'm the co-pilot on what is going to be probably the greatest episode of Movie Draft House, or worst. It doesn't matter. It I mean, totally could be. It's could all be. I mean, it's a roll of the dice. I'm speculating at this point as to how this is gonna go. <sighs> we uh, uh, we've got new music for the pod. This is our second week in the month of February, twenty twenty two, and the music this month is brought to you by the the pop duo Ooh. Hotel Fiction. They are a best friend duo, kind of like me and Jeff, <laughs> but with music, and they actually uh, like each other. Damn. <laughs> hey, uh, my bad. I could You left it. There was it, just up there. Yeah. No. It's, it's uh, what you hotel call fiction. in the realm of jokes a low hanging fruit. Whoa! You stole that from me. I'm getting <laughs> tired of you <laughs> yeah. saying that phrase. You heard it from me first. Uh, I own it. Coined the phrase. Anyways, uh, <laughs> news of this month brought to you by the band Hotel Fiction. They are a pop duo from Athens, Georgia, with the song Think twice we appreciate them letting us use their music on the pod and you can catch their music wherever you get your music from that's for catch all the links what go ahead no what i thought you were done go ahead you can catch all the links in the description in the show notes yeah there you go in the in the episode show notes you can catch all those links uh youtube uh they got a website spotify apple music instagram you look All there, the and they're there. That's they're basically doing a better job of marketing themselves than we do. Is what we're trying uh, to say. Yeah, we're just we're just riding their coattails at this point, at this moment. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I think the name of the song "Think Twice" is apropos for this month because that's what we're doing. We're taking performers that the other person hates, or hates is a strong word, but doesn't find too appealing, and we're trying Lows. to get them to change their tune by supplying them with a film uh, that showcases said actor or actress. So I specifically, uh, I said Owen Wilson and you gave me no escape. And this week you said Andrew Garfield and I gave you silence directed by Martin Scorsese. It came out in 2016 and also stars uh, Mark's best friend, Adam Driver, uh, as well as Liam Neeson and a host of others. Uh, yeah. This movie, this film clocks in at a monumental two hours and 41 minutes. Bravo, Jeff. Yeah, believe me, it Bravo. was against my own will. I, it's in these moments where you cannot doubt my dedication to the pod. I know that me having a second movie podcast... Has you yeah. a little uh, off your game, but listen, I sat through silence for you, okay? Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. <sighs> <laughs> All right. The IMDb synopsis for this film is, 
In the 17th century, two Portuguese Jesuit priests traveled to Japan in an attempt to locate their mentor, who is rumored to have committed apostasy. Oh, well done, Mark. I thought we were going to get a classic. And to propagate Catholicism. I thought Man, we were going to get a classic. IMDb is trying to stress me out right now. Yeah. I mean, you, you were... <laughs> Close enough fuck, on Jesuit. IMDb. You were close enough on Jesuit where I didn't <laughs> chime in, but I was looking at apostasy, just waiting to come and get you, and you nailed it. Listen, listen, fuck IMDb for that <laughs> synopsis. All right, ridiculous bullshit. All right, SAT level synopsis right there. Yeah, right. and then you got through Portuguese as well. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, listen, I mean that that is a language. Like, I'm surprised you didn't um, say Portuguese. Port Portuguese Port Portuguese. Um. Anyways, in the 17th century, <sighs> two Portuguese Jesuits priests traveled to Japan <laughs> in an attempt to locate their mentor. That's hard to mispronounce. Who is rumored to have committed apostasy and pro? <laughs> All right. Is this film about cooking? Yes. Um, give me the pasta movie over this one. God damn it! Um, this is your boy. I don't know what your problem is. What boy is this? Scorsese. Who is this boy? You, love you know, Scorsese. I do, listen. You are. I, on- I do. I. I am a fan of Scorsese, and I don't dislike him however we have this is now the second film yes by martin scorsese that we have uh we have reviewed and much like the first one this one sucked um (laughs) all right so real quick then uh hey let's uh you're in a room there's uh two dvds you have to watch one of the two to be let out of the room which one are you watching it's the one with nicholas cage right okay Um, i was just curious (laughs) <laughs> would you pick the same uh there are no you all right so hold on hold on you all right let's get you this out of the way question first. i'd like to answer yeah, no i did but I, let me let me preface the question with the statement provided by you that you enjoyed the the story in this film uh so Granted that you enjoyed this story probably more than you enjoyed the uh, uh, whatever the fuck Nicholas bringing King out the dead, bringing out the dead. Uh, which film would you choose? Boy, that's tough because there's a it's lot not of that tough, boring. I mean, it's I, not that tough. They're the same fucking movie. They are not. One actually has like an ambulance crash. <laughs> I mean, um, this one. I mean, has, this one has Japanese people drowning. This other folks has more with torture sticks. porn. That's not really torture porn. Um, it's not torture porn. But there are things I will say. Okay, let, which one am I going to watch to get out of a room that I'm locked in? Whichever one is shortest. Okay, so probably bring well, out the other one. Yeah, it's the other one. Yeah. Now, which one do I feel? has added something to my life now that I've watched it. I would say silence. Oh, this is, now, I'm not... Oh, this that, is interesting. This is... A, all right. I'm not go saying that, that this is going to be an amazing movie, but as someone who uh, believes in God and uh, has faith, I found things in this film that I can take away and appreciate. 
and I can't say so, that I took anything away from uh, bringing out your dead, other than Gris, who is the best hospital guard in the history of hospitals. Also guards. religious. Is it? Also a believer in God. Oh, who, Gris? Oh, that's true. Wait, wait, You're what, right. What, what, yeah, that was, oh, um, what's his face? I think we recognize a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you said this added something to your life. What did it add well, to your life? So the story is about two, as I said, Jesuit priests from Portugal go to Japan where per- Christians are persecuted and murdered by the Japanese government or the powers that be in order to snuff out any uprising in uh, the growth of the Christian faith in Japan. They are Buddhist. Yeah, it's uh, a Buddhist nation, and yeah. they are pretty much, they don't want any other religious influence uh, in their country. And when you have uh, two priests whose only purpose is to proselytize, uh-huh, how about that? You like Whoa. that? Uh, to Look sp- it up. Spread the gospel, if you will, in this nation, they are presented with resistance. And what I found interesting and what I thought was telling was that they get to this country as privileged, uh, even though played by white people, they're Spaniards, or at least Portuguese, um, uh, privileged people who've not really had to see persecution for their faith have lived in relative luxury, comparatively speaking, come to this nation and bring their faith to these folks who do not have the same level of riches or, uh, you know, fortunate upbringing. And yet it's their faith that seems to be stronger, meaning the natives of Japan, uh, the native Christians of Japan, as opposed to at times the priests who deal a lot with doubt and fear and, um, and at times f- face questions of whether they believe in God. And the, 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 the name silence refers specifically to the response that Andrew Garfield's character is getting from God through the vast majority of this movie as his followers, uh, as his flock, if you will, are facing persecution. And well, I think it also, it also, it, I mean, it's multi, multi meaning mm-hmm. there. Uh, I mean, for the good, ch- good chunk of the first act, uh, you know, Andrew Garfield's character and uh, Adam Driver's character, who play the two the two priests uh, that have co- come to Japan to find their their mentor, who is played by uh, what's his face Liam, Liam Neeson. I wanted to say Leslie Nielsen, but that's way off. That's not Leslie Nielsen. Um, Different film. <laughs> Uh, but so a lot, a large portion of the first act of the movie is, uh, Andrew Garfield and Adam driver having to sneak through these like rural areas of Japan and hide out from, from the, the, like, I guess it would be like an Imperial guard or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, Silence the the title 
points to many different aspects of this film. One being that what you mentioned, uh, the 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 silence of the people in Japan not being able to profess their faith. Um, you know, so I mean, and that, also that, that's I, as you say that also the silence of when they're in front of uh, the inquisitors of them saying denounce your faith. There's also the silence of them refusing to do so. So right, we could threefold. Yeah, look no. at that. Look at what we've done here. What is look this? at what we've done? No, this I is don't, a professional movie podcast. We we are professionals. Thank you, uh, Martin Scorsese, for um, lending us the the film to write our dissertations to. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to read a, a very quick synopsis. After I I watch something, I want to. I also want to know what other people thought of it. That's just something I do. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I have my own thoughts, but I also want to know, like, are, did my thoughts line up with other people's? We're and about so to find I, out, buddy. Me and you <laughs> drive angry. Oh, what I wouldn't have done to watch Drive Angry this week. <laughs> uh, so I went to Rotten Tomatoes, and this this film has a eighty three percent tomato. Tomato meter score and a sixty nine percent audience score. Nice, uh, nice. And so, um, you know, largely it was well received. Uh, there's like few few critics that have like these like nitpicks. Anytime you get a Martin Scorsese film, you're gonna have people that are like, ah, this is a Martin Scorsese film. This one was vastly different than a lot of things that Martin Scorsese typically does. Um, I think there are some running themes, though, like a lot of his movies deal with people who kind of mentally break down. Right. Uh, Taxi driver uh, bringing out the dead in this. I mean, Andrew's Andrew Garfield's character uh, and to a lesser extent, Liam Neeson kind of you get to see this gradual breakdown of the firm footing that they have at the beginning of the film or maybe less so firm in Nicolas Cage's case. But, you know. So the uh, um, IMD, uh, not IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes lists. You know they 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 provide a uh, like a blurb, uh, a critic blurb of you know why they thought the movie was either good or bad. And uh, this critic, Amy Nicholson, who writes oh, for MTV, I love Amy Nicholson. Yeah, she uh, hosts a podcast called Unspooled. Um, it's a movie review podcast. The first season went through all of the AFI movies. Yeah, Emil Nicholson. I'm familiar. Oh, uh, you you're welcome, Amy Nicholson, in the yeah we, podcast that you have. Yeah, we just uh, said your name on your podcast. It's it's way huger, but more huge, more more uh, largest. Yeah. So anyway, so she provides she uh she she writes this in her in her blurb about the film. Scorsese does, doesn't glorify martyrdom, and he doesn't even hate the killers. He makes death as blunt and dull and useless as a snap pencil. The point is that there is no point. Ooh, that's a... And good Lord, if that doesn't sum up this fucking Well, movie. I think that's a different <laughs> viewpoint, right? So, and I think that's... All right, you're about to get praise from me towards Scorsese in what is sort of a uh, heady, head up up my own ass way. No, that's what I think art is meant to do, right? Is to, because me, 
as someone who believes in God, and I don't know Amy Nichols' background, I would not be surprised if that sort of statement that she says is sort of dialistic. But if she's maybe agnostic or an atheist, and I'm not judging in any way, but she can watch this movie and feel that death has no point. And I can watch this movie and find encouragement in my faith um, based on the story that's on the screen and come away with a totally different out to outlook, right? And I think that's good art. Um, whereas we've talked recently about movies that try to force a narrative or an ideal down your throat, uh, such as uh, No Escape last week where we were like, they started talking about the U.S., and then what was the other one? Um, what was the oh, uh, uh, Hell or High Water? Hell or High Water. Where right. they're talking about the banking crisis. And it just was like, ah, you're force feeding this to me. Whereas this, this takes that show don't tell mentality and allows me as someone who believes in a deity to watch it and, you know, find encouragement out of it. And someone who maybe doesn't, again, I'm speculating, uh, and Amy Nichols and she can watch it and find a different meaning in things. And to me, that's kind of, if you're looking for a down to earth, bare bones definition of what is art, that to me is art where someone can look at a painting or watch a film and come to two totally different places and receive totally different things. Even in this case, which feels to me to be polar opposites. Yeah. I just, I, I felt the movie, just, I mean, it's a it's an acting showcase for Andrew Garfield, and uh, this movie was chosen specifically for Andrew Garfield and trying to sway my opinion on. You know, yes, he's him. the reason we're all here today, right? Um, and so, like, he's he's obviously a good actor. Uh, he wouldn't. Scorsese wouldn't have cast him in this movie if Scorsese didn't think he was a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wouldn't have given him this role if he didn't think he was he a good actor. He takes up I mean, most look, of the screen time. He's on the screen. Yeah, I mean, f- fucking Adam Driver's not even... He's Which had to be like a... Ten, ten minutes. You had to love that, huh? As an <laughs> well, Adam like, Driver you know, hater, as, him not being in the movie well, was a nice well, perk. I wasn't prepared for him to go out the way he went I out, wasn't and, either. He's, he's a... What I mean, there's supporting actor, and then there's he's one step above an extra in this movie. It feels right. Like. Yeah, I mean, he's like a bit part, but <laughs> it's it's just Andrew Garfield blew your mind, and I win. No, like I I just I I didn't like the way he I I I just don't like his emotion in this movie. I I don't I. It's very, it's very childlike emotion. Um, well, and in a way, for me, that works because, and I don't think you're wrong, but he's a man who's not had to face any real problems, right? And I think that's kind right. of the 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 two parallels here are are these two priests who come in, and I think Adam Driver, for the time he's on screen, does a pretty good job. Uh, He's sort of this guy, he, it's crazy. Like, I really like the nuance of that character because he comes in and he's the first one to kind of get frustrated with how hard it is. But then later in the movie, he also 
can insists on being the more uh, legalistic of the two uh, as far as what you should be and shouldn't doing as a Christian. It's very brief. And again, I don't think it's heavy handed where I think maybe someone else wouldn't pick it up and interpret that way. Um, whereas Andrew Garfield is definitely the most zealous, I think. And he's also um, cares a lot for his flock, the people that are under his priestage, if that's a word. And you later find out that uh, the same can be said about Adam Driver's character. So I think there's I think there's a very authentic nature to the characters. So, I, I mean, majority of the film is Adam Driver. Uh, Free? You know, well, no, <laughs> sp- spread, spreading, spreading the, the good word. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, what do they, what do they call it? Um, what, what are they? Proselytizing? Mission- no. They're missionaries. Like, you know, missionaries, but like, what are they, what are they doing uh, when they're, when they're preaching to people that, you know, have maybe never heard it? It's proselytizing. Uh, Okay. Yes. You, yeah. Sure. I'm so, serious. No, I, I I believe you. Hey Google. I'm just not going to say that word. So proselytizing. I'm not. That's that's a ridiculous word. Here's the definition of proselytizing: the action of attempting to convert someone from one religion, belief, or opinion to another. Oh, the third host of the pod has spoken. I, I need to fix that because she's way over there. My mic barely picks it up. So, well. uh no, so most of the film is is Andrew Garfield's character going from little small village to little small village, and uh, you know professing his faith and you know trying to convert as many people as he can. Well, and he runs to, into pockets of Christians who are looking for a priest, right? And well, and, and yeah, he's, he. And he 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 gets like this following of people like like what you said with his flock, um, and you know he gets this following of people that ha- that they're very interested in in hearing more from him and him doing you know these these godly acts, and well he's and- they've they they've, they've they got to keep it on the low, and you know so a lot of the movie is whispers yeah. Um, it's 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 very you have to and I, f- I found this and it's it's super difficult in a, an almost three hour film, but when the volume when the when the dialogue volume is purposely low, because you know so many scenes are just characters whispering, uh, it's 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 hard to mm-hmm. maintain that focus on on such low level dialogue. And I thought that that's one area of this movie that I I didn't like right. in the production the production of it uh, is because I found myself like this movie I don't want to say it drags dude I'll say it as someone who's been okay. more positive on this movie so far yeah this movie drags and right. as much as I've I've said the positive things I feel about it it has no business being this long there right. are huge. Portions, and I don't think there are unnecessary scenes, but I do think the scenes that are in the movie go way too long. Like, how many times 
Dewey, there's there's this reoccurring thing that happens in this film where they put down this image of Jesus or a religious image of some sort. And in order for the Christians to prove that they have uh, apostatized and, and rejected their faith, they are supposed to step on these images. And there are scenes where they just keep showing you people either choosing not to or doing so. And it just keeps happening. And it's like, okay, we get it. Right. <laughs> just stop. And I think yeah. that's where the movie to me it is its biggest shortcoming is these extended scenes that drag out the runtime. And I think this could be a two hour, 10, two hour, 15 minute movie still have the same impact, but save us about 30 minutes of time. So there is uh, like the main Japanese character in this film uh, to, to Danobu, I, I butch, I'm butchering this. To Danobu Asano, we apologize. Yep, and uh, he he plays the 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 interpreter. Yeah, for the uh, for the uh, the main guy. Yeah, the head the, guy. Uh, what do you call it? the inqui- uh, the inquisitor? Yes, who is and- hilariously like if he were in any other movie. I'd swear he'd be a comic book character. <laughs> like the Inquisitor has this like lisp and he's quite entertaining and engaging when he's on screen. Uh, I really liked his performance, but he, he feels just one step away from being out of place in the movie to me. The Inquisitor. Yeah, he, he's he's very he's very uh, animated and over the top. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, the movie is so grounded and like you said, so quiet that when you have this character, who's the complete opposite, he's loud and uh, he's kind of hilarious. And I, there's something about him that while his actions, I don't agree with, I found to be quite engaging to watch. Yeah. And so this guy, this interpreter, who does most of the talking for the uh, the inquisitor? This, this faction of Japanese, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. folk. He he's I found him to be very good. Uh, he's the one that so at a certain point in the film, Andrew Garfield gets captured, and his, his the people that he's kind of converted or uh, pre uh, preached to. Have been captured by and thrown in into what would be jail, um, by by the Inquisitor. And this guy Asano, who plays the interpreter for for this guy, he has a ton of one on one dialogue with Andrew Garfield's character. Yeah, and I thought that he was fantastic. Um, he's he's very snide. And very condescending, and he he's very matter of fact. And you know they parade Andrew Garfield through town, and while so the people the people of town can can throw rocks and just everything else at him. And he he tells them, I you know that's okay. Um, this it'll take more than this to you know sway my faith or whatever. And and the this guy Asano, 
is just walking beside the horse that Andrew Garfield's on and just saying, hey, uh, you know, all you got to do is step on the... Yeah, he does a great job because the way he's acting, like you said, he has this snide sort of arrogance, but then there's times where he's trying to sell Andrew Garfield's character on, on denying his faith that he almost comes across friendly. And yeah. I think that it's it's particularly well done. Yeah, and and so... Throughout the the middle section of this film, uh, this this interpreter character and Andrew Garfield's character, they they have multiple scenes where, you know, it's like the interpreter comes into Andrew Garfield's uh, uh, like cell, and you know he's just like, hey, all you got to do is renounce your faith, and you know, this will all stop. It'll go away. And and he does such a, a great job of like trying to sell. Andrew Garfield on, hey, life life is great if you just, you know, renounce your faith. And, you know, and, and the writing and the directing is so good in this film that Andrew Garfield and the the transformation and, and body figure by both Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield in this movie are pretty, are pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, and at the start of the film, Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver are, you know, just able-bodied dudes. Uh, they're both young. Um, they look like they're healthy. And then by the, the middle section of the film, they're both, you know, rail thin. Uh, and just, you know, especially Andrew Garfield's character, having mental, uh, you know, mental effects of being captive for so long. And uh, it's about the middle, the middle section of the film, or maybe three three quarters of the way, that you know Adam Driver's character pops back up, and because he's absent, right? For, they like the entire middle section of the film. They separate like a quarter of the way through the movie, which, to be fair, is like six hours. But they separate, <laughs> and then he comes back. You finally see him again, probably like an hour later of runtime. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, it's the, you don't even know what's been going on with him or anything. Well, the guy, the the the, the interpreter guy takes at uh, Andrew Garfield's character, uh, Father Rodriguez, and he takes him to the beach, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna." We got a, a something like a special guest or a special visitor coming, and you know uh, Andrew Garfield's waiting like up on a kind of a platform. Yeah, and he thinks it's going to be Liam Neeson. Who again, right. the whole reason they're here is to find Liam Neeson, right? Father Ferreira, yeah, who who Liam Neeson plays, and so he's he's anxiously awaiting Liam Neeson's character, and over the over the 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 beach, the sand dune of the beach comes Adam Driver in uh you know bonded by by rope and uh you know some other Japanese uh Christians and uh they take these Christian these Japanese Christians and they wrap them in what looks like hay or straw yeah. or whatever and they tie they tie the straw around them and then they put them on a they put them on a boat and they take the boat out and they make each, each Japanese Christian stand up and then they knock them overboard. And then they have this big, long pole, wooden pole that 
they they use to to hold the the Japanese Christians that are in the water underwater right. uh, to drown them. And like I'd never like I was like I was like what what is this practice? Um, and they get creative in their torture in this film, right? It, and like I was like I was like why why would they not just like kill them on the beach? I don't I didn't understand I didn't understand the the point of taking them and maybe that's a like and I'm this is just me you know spitballing but maybe that's a take on you know Christianity uh, baptism maybe Ooh. I don't know. Woo, Mark! Uh, it, oh, well, I mean, no, nah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and you know, they're like maybe you know, spitting in the face of Christianity by killing these people by holding them underwater. I don't know. Um, but like Adam Driver, as as he see like two people die, uh, you know, at at the hands of these these Inquisitor folks, he he decides that he's going to sw- you know, like dive in the water. And swim out to the boat and try to save these folks that are quite obviously already dead. No, the one he gets to is very much alive when he gets. Oh, there. The, yeah, the third, the third one they knock over. You're right, and and so he like he, he's he's by the boat and like the guy with the long stick just is like, okay, well, I'll drown you too, and he pushes them underwater and just drowns. It's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I was like, how? Go out like a little bitch. Um, I don't I, think I, he did. I, I, he went out trying to protect a member of his flock, and yeah, uh, but it didn't make much sense the way he died. Is because like why well, would he just not swim away from the stick? Well, because the body was there. The body, He's that trying means to you're save in the water. Person. You're in water, though. Okay. Swim, swim away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just like mean, you swam up to the boat, swim away. You ever from seen the Prometheus? Boat. And you know the end when the big wheel is rolling down on Charlie's there, and you're just like, "Yeah, move to the right, dum dum." Right, okay. right. <laughs> but anyway, so so Adam Driver is killed at the three quarter mark of this movie, which is also coincides with like the five hour mark. Yeah, <laughs> three quarter mark. So we've been watching about eighteen hours of film at this point, <laughs> and and like this completely wrecks Andrew Garfield, who just witnessed his. Uh, his friend and and uh, several members of his church, right? Uh, they, they they were just murdered. Yeah, and you know he's taken back and he's taken back to the village and put back in his cell. And you know this was a this was a means to get him to renounce his faith again uh, by by witnessing the, the the killing of his of his friend and and uh, flock. He. The the Inquisitor and like the Inquisitor's guard or people, you know, there these this was just a tactic to to get him to uh, renounce his faith. Yeah, and so and he doesn't, and he, he and so like he sits again in the cell, right? So and he he stays steadfast. But what you what they don't see, but what you get through uh, hearing his prayers and his internal monologue are the doubts he's facing because why didn't you protect them, Lord? You know, these are perfectly reasonable questions. Um, and I had some place I was going to go with that and it's gone. Yeah. And like, I, I get people and like, I, I don't, I forget what year, like this what era, 17th uh, century. So the 1600s. 
yeah, so, I mean, people are very dumb um, in this 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 time period. All over the place, all over the world, people are dumb. It's because they believe just, you know, asinine things. Um, and it's just like, he's sitting in this cell and he's he's get, he's having these doubts of his faith. And I and I get it, you know. He's he's been in this country now for probably you know several months, and you know he's he was sent here to find somebody, and in the meantime he's you know preached and uh, garnered support for Catholicism and Christianity, and in the in in that time period he has grown to uh, appreciate the the culture i think and i think that's that's something that you know we see from from garfield's perspective is that he appreciates the culture of of the japanese people while also attempting to get them to convert mm-hmm. and uh and i i thought that was a unique perspective of this film is that you know you have these two uh white people um even if they, right? I, I mean, even if they're supposed know. to be Spaniards, but well, I mean, so they're from Portugal, which is right off of Spain. It's a little strip of land connected to Spain, so I don't honestly know, you know, but I'm pretty sure Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver don't qualify. Yeah, they they probably should be darker darker. Skin. I don't know though. I honestly have never been to Portugal, but I know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, who knows? <laughs> but like. I thought that was a, a unique perspective of this film is that, you you know, you take these two or I mean, if you count Liam Neeson's character, three, three white dudes and you, you throw them in, you know, 16th century Japan and and how like how different is that in the 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 culture shock, which they didn't like. I didn't see a whole lot of culture shock from Andrew Garfield. Or, or Adam Driver, for that matter, is that they weren't like taken aback by, oh man, this is this is Japan and it's crazy here and like they do this then that and, uh, you know there wasn't a whole lot of that going on but like there was a lot of Andrew Garfield watching, yeah, uh, the Japanese people and and doing their like everyday things that they do and kind of what I what I figured was appreciating, um, you know these people. In their in their everyday lives, but also, you know, yeah, appreciating these people for who they are, but also realizing in his perspective that they need they need Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I thought that was that was a really unique perspective uh, for this film, and it made me appreciate the uh, the storytelling here is because like it'd be very easy for for this movie to get lost in two Portuguese priests trying to find their mentor. Um, he spends so a, th- a large amount of time. I don't know that they ever go looking. <laughs> you know? right, right. They don't go looking. And it's like Liam Neeson gets tired of like waiting. And he's like, all right, here I am. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> but so, uh, so like in the third, the third act of this film, uh, we finally get to see Liam. Neeson. We, we see him at the very beginning of the film. And we don't see him again until the very end or, you know, last, you know, 30 minutes or so. And we, this is probably my biggest gripe of the film 
is that we're meant to feel something for Liam Neeson's character. And he's been a like up until this point, he's been a character that we we don't see, we just know of, and it's like the driving force behind Adam Dri- uh, Adam Driver and and Andrew Garfield's characters. Yeah, but we never like see what Liam Neeson's up to. You know, we, we it, that's kind of the 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 mystery behind the film is is he dead? Is he alive? And they ask there. I mean, throughout the film, Andrew Garfield's going to several people around Japan, going. Hey, do you know Father Ferrer? Is he alive? When was the last time you saw him? And so when he finally pops up and he's not the person that Andrew Garfield was expecting, it it kind of made me feel worse about the 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 story. It's because it's like, wait a minute. I mean, like, I understand like the film, the original plot was meant to push Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield across Japan looking for this guy and and the actual story is them what was the word apoth proselytizing proselytizing Woo! to the to the Japanese people and so that's the real story here and it's not really about Liam Neeson yeah but I, Liam I still I still did not because where he comes in he's really um okay so why what happens is basically the japanese inquisitor uh the interpreter for the inquisitor brings in liam neeson uh, almost like the next last ditch effort so what you find out and i think this is where i was going before when i said i couldn't remember is that the inquisitor and his team have realized that creating martyrs or killing these priests doesn't actually help stop the movement. But what they have found works best is to get these priests to turn on their faith and then sort of ingratiate them into Japanese society, even to the point where they give them families of people who've been killed, uh, you know, Christians who've been martyred, they hand their family off to these missionaries and they marry into the family. And, and, and so what, what Liam Neeson's character is in this moment is the enemy, right? He is showing you everything that Andrew Garfield's character is fighting to not become. Right. Uh, And, and we, we get to the point where Le- Liam ne- Leslie Nielsen, Liam Neeson is writing a book tearing down the faith that he once served. And you can tell in, in Liam Neeson's performance, this is all sort of against his will, but at the same time, like he's just given Self, in self-preservation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's uh, and, and, and I actually, didn't mind that like, kind of here we're gonna go to wrestling corner heel turn of uh you know from Liam Neeson's character because it's very easy to see like hey you were sent to this country to convert folks to Christianity. All right. You get to this country and you realize hey that's harder to do 
and there's a large portion of this country that doesn't want it, and they're actively trying to stop it. And so, as a missionary, you get captured, and 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 these people say, "Hey, you either, you know, uh, renounce your faith, or we're gonna kill you." You know, I f- I feel like you know, like a critical critical thinking concept would be, well, shit, I don't want to die. So let me let me pre- preserve myself to to maybe live to process this another day. And so I I didn't I didn't dislike uh, Liam Neeson's rationale. However, what I did dislike was the movie and and Martin Scorsese showing us how Liam Neeson was tortured in in attempts to get him to renounce his faith. And then he renounces his faith, and we're meant to find him the bad guy. Um, well, I don't... I, that, yeah, so I get what you're saying. I think really the scene is more intended to be viewed from Andrew Garfield's perspective, because that's what Andrew Garfield sees. Basically, spoilers, he's seeing what he's about to become. Right. And But like his emotion behind it doesn't doesn't match up. You know, um, like he's he's not like distraught. Who? He, Andrew Garfield. When? At the in this scene, uh, in the in the conversation that that um, Leo, him and Liam Neeson are having, where Liam Neeson's telling him, "Hey, how I was tortured, and you know, I I have a good life now." Yeah, and, and but at this point, Andrew Garfield's been through similar torture, not. The exact right. same thing, but he's he's like, listen, I've already been and and in the movie, the torture never is what gets uh Andrew Garfield's character to apostatize. Um right. it's his followers and protecting them. And so I, I think in the scene, yes he's portrayed as the villain. And I think also he's not given enough screen time to really show nuance there, which is fine because the movie is two hours and 40 something minutes, but it's also not fine because maybe if you invested some of that time into it, it could have been something, but really it's to me, just showing you more of the journey that Andrew Garfield's going through calling at, at this point, him despicable and you, I can't remember the terminology used, but like you embarrass me, you're pathetic sort of thing. And then as we were going to find out here in a little bit, Andrew Garfield sort of follows a similar path. Um, Yeah. And, and Andrew Garfield is a, is a, a good actor and he's good. He's good at more than good enough for this role. I just, I, I didn't like his, I mean, at different times, the emotion that he portrays in the film, it's different scenes. Like, I thought the the, the Adam Driver death scene, proper emotion. Um, you know, when the when the one guy gets beheaded in the courtyard while Adam or Andrew Garfield's looking on from his cell, uh, proper emotion. 
But like at at different times, I didn't feel like he brought the level of emotion that I was expecting from the character. Like in this Liam Neeson scene, it's like you would expect somebody that has spent such a long time looking for this man. I mean, it's the only reason he's in Japan. Really, I mean, that's why that's he, was why he got here. Yeah, right. And you know, to finally be face to face with the man and realize that he's not the person that you thought he was going to be, and that kind of your your trip was wasted. And at, at face value, your trip was wasted. Um, you know, you take a step back and you realize, oh, I converted this many people, and so then it wasn't wasted. But but like at face value, the your your whole trip was is for nothing is because this man has renounced his faith and he's sitting face to face with you telling you, Hey, you should renounce your faith too. At no point in time did Andrew Garfield convey the level of emotion that I thought he would convey or thought he should have conveyed because of everything that had happened in his journey to get to this moment. And I just felt like it was kind of a letdown for me, like I wanted to see Andrew Garfield get upset. I wanted to see him, you know, get angry and and kind of reach out of the the religious bubble. That you know, because these these figures are they're pre they're 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 priests characters, and so they're held to a like a a certain standard of emotion and just very even keeled, and you know they don't get too high and too low. But Andrew Garfield throughout the movie shows you that he's very much a human. And, like, I wanted to see that human emotion from him, and I didn't get that. And so I, I felt let down in that moment. And I was like, this is the big moment where, man, these two characters are supposed to uh, have it out verbally or whatever. They're supposed to get emotional. And neither one of them got emotional. And it was like, you know, Liam Neeson's character was never on the defensive. Um, it's because Andrew Garfield's character never put, you know, never put him on the defense you know well and uh, i i to be honest i didn't find liam neeson's performance to be particularly great um yeah in the scenes he's in there were while there are a few of them i there wasn't any moments of greatness to me as far as his performance um but he's also a character who's been beaten down by life and is a shadow of himself and is right. essentially uh, reading the cue cards, not literally, but figuratively reading the cue cards that the Japanese have given him to say, you know, I don't think this yeah. is his first rodeo and they brought other priests to this man. Um, so I can, I can kind of excuse that a bit. Well, I, I just, and that's, that's my opinion of, you know, how I thought the, the film was going to go and you get this moment and I, you get this moment of of conflict. It's like the first big moment of conflict, and it's not really conflict, but it's this you know this tension where w- this one character meets this other character, and that's been the driving force throughout the film. And you think that there's going to be this this big conflict moment, and it doesn't really happen. And you know, I just I felt let down, and and like I, I feel like that's kind of where. Um, uh, the critic Amy Amy Nicholson was maybe maybe getting at is that you know maybe maybe the point and and she she gave this a tomato by the way uh, she did Yum. not she did not give it a splat um, 
but uh, where she says it says you know uh, she Scorsese makes death and as blunt and dull as useless as a snap pencil. Well, you know that can bleed over into the the conflict resolution here is is that it's 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 dull. You know, it's I mean it's this guy they're he's beaten down. He's uh you know it's it, he doesn't have the 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 gusto to defend himself from Garfield's accusations and questions. And, and so uh, the point is that there is no point. He's just beaten down and he's renounced his faith and he's had living this Japanese life now. And uh, so, yeah, I, I can, I can see where, where Amy Nicholson's perspective on this film kind of is showcased in this moment is because the, the film builds to this moment and then much like everything else that's happened to Andrew Garfield, it's it's kind of lackluster in life and he's just a witness to it. And um and I think that's the the, the bigger the, the bigger message here is that, you know, sometimes you know you can do you can do what it, what you want, uh and you can say what you want and you can try to sway people and all this and sometimes it just don't doesn't work out for you in the end. And I think that's what we see at the end with Andrew Garfield is that, you know, he's he's renounced his faith in word. Uh, so where I come from and, and we'll get to the ending here um, okay. is I think a question that I ask myself watching this movie is what does faith look like? And you get a lot of different people displaying a lot of different places at their faith has put them. So you get um, the early villagers that they meet. They are very faithful despite the meager means they have, despite living under a government that persecutes them for their beliefs. They're still extremely faithful, even to the point where Andrew Garfield is like, wow, your faith inspires me. They even have a guy there who's essentially a priest, but he hasn't been, the church hasn't dubbed him. So, but to me, like where I come from, my circles, he's the guy leading these followers in prayer and what he knows. I'm like, he's the priest of this area. But, of course, you need to have the actual head guy in, but whatever. Um, and then you have a character we've not really brought up, and I can't remember his name, but he, he, he starts off as the guide for our priests as they get to the nation. And... Uh, he was with Liam Neeson when he apostatized and this, this Japanese character has done the same. And then he sells out these priests for so many pieces of silver, uh, which of course is right out of the Bible from what Judas did. They even bring it up. And then he comes and begs forgiveness and then he betrays them again. And then later on in the film comes back asking to, pray with the priest for the forgiveness of his sins again. And that's what his faith looks like. And then there's Andrew Garfield, who has a lot of different changes in what his faith looks like. At the beginning of the movie, he's very zealous. There's no doubt in his mind that God exists and that praying and, and doing these practices um, will benefit you uh, as a follower of Jesus. And then as he's actually faced with consequences and, you know, being persecuted, 
his faith changes as he sees his followers being killed. He, I don't, I would argue that he doesn't lose faith, although he has these questions. He's always praying. He's like, where are you? Why aren't you with me? And to me, that's what his faith looks like in that moment is, where are you? I can't hear you. And yet that's his faith, his mustard seed, if you will. And then as we get to the end of the movie, where in order, so the short answer for what happens is what it causes him to actually apostatize is that all of these followers are being tortured in a very gruesome way. And in order to save them, he uh, apostatized. I've said these words so many times now, but he steps on the little plaque that is a picture of Jesus and, and this saves them. And now he's got a Japanese name and a Japanese family. And, but at the end of the movie that there's like this cut at the end of the movie where there's this new narrator, who's like a historian. And he talks about what happened to Liam Neeson's character and Andrew Garfield and Andrew Garfield grows old and dies. And as they're about to cremate him, you know, his wife places something in his hand and as they're burning the barrel that he's in, they zoom in and you see that's a cross that he's holding. And so his faith became from being all the way from being totally confident to being someone who's doubting, but is just praying to believe to someone who is now had to hide their faith, but still very much, even if it's just a little bit believes and holds on to something, that's what his faith looks like. And to me, that's, what the movie is as a whole and what I get out of it is that, and it's something that I take with me into the movie as something that I believe is that your faith doesn't have to look any one of these particular ways to be honored by God or accurate. And I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm sorry, but if you're not someone who believes in God, that's okay. I'm not trying to convert you, but this is what the film has presented me with is that your faith doesn't necessarily have to look any one of these ways. It can be any one of those things. You could be someone who's been in the church for years and is now doubting because you don't like the way the church is acting, or you can be super zealous and really good about reading your Bible and you lead a Bible study and that's where you are. And wherever you are, that's okay. And that's what I take out of the movie. Well, I think you all, you can also transpose christianity for any whatever whatever faith yeah absolutely and i don't and i having never practiced another faith i it it's hard for me to relate it in any way to the other ones but i'm sure they face very similar uh thoughts and processes and, and 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 things they go through too i mean i don't think that we're necessarily that different than any other uh faith as far as what we go through emotionally and what brings us to the place we are, or maybe what leads you out of it or anything. And I think that's kind of, again, I, I found in the movie was people in different places with their faith and what that looks like. And me being the sort of optimist and I have a pretty positive outlook on how God feels about us. I think that, all of those are good enough. Yeah, I, I appreciate uh, the the way that Martin Scorsese attempts to tell the story. 
you know, it's I, I did think it was a bit um, uh, underwhelming in, in parts like the 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 torture aspect and, you know, uh, the just the 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 violence that these Japanese Christians faced. I, I I would have liked to have that been portrayed more real uh, and not off screen a little bit and because a lot of a lot of times when violence was happening against these these Japanese Christians it was happening off screen and uh you know we're getting to screams and uh you know yeah I think sound effects maybe that's a conscious effort to not make it a gore fest or torture porn um no, but like there's there's a there's a way you can do it where you, it doesn't come across as that. Yeah. But you're still you're still not shying away from the fact that these people faced so what, you know so what you're unspeakable is violence that, that you want to see where they take them and they scalp them and they put their scalp <laughs> in their mouth and then they nail it in with a bone and then turn them upside down with a bone tomahawk and cut them in half. You know, that's what you want I, in this film. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that in any film. Uh, <laughs> I I can see that once and be good with it. Um, I'm I'm very I'm very okay with that having a home in Bone Tomahawk and not in any other movie. Uh, but no, I just you know I I thought maybe Scorsese played it a little too safe. Uh, in in some aspects with with the film. Uh, but he. He he told he told a story that he felt, and and I think this was more of like a like a passion project maybe for him, uh, rather than this the, you know he's he's a very gangster mobster storyteller, and I think that's what uh, he's most known for. But I believe he has shown his range before. Yeah, no, right, he has it absolutely, and and. And I I don't listen think, to me. What the hell's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, I I'm, I, I don't <laughs> think Scorsese has made a, a a truly bad film. Uh, most films he makes are just too damn long. They're long, and and he's gone. I mean, we he's gone on record as saying that he he doesn't feel he can tell a story in under two hours. Yeah. And, I'm and, and it's, listen, if you want this podcast to end, just try to make me watch The Irishman. Just try. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> it just, I, I think that, you know, this film represented something different for him and it allowed him to maybe tell, tell a, tell a complete story from a different perspective and a genre that he doesn't typically direct films in. And it, I don't know the historical accuracy behind any of this. Nor do but I. It, but it, the, it it seems like he took he took care of the culture uh, that the 16th century Japanese people lived in, and you know it, it it appeared that he paid he paid close consideration to showcasing Japan or this era era Japan in in uh, in ways that didn't cut it short or you know just try to gloss over it. So I appreciate all that. I, I do. I, I appreciate the. I appreciate the the storytelling. I just thought it was it was very boring. Um, 
I, I, I didn't necessarily like Andrew Garfield's portrayal of the character, even though I think Andrew Garfield's a good good actor. And I think maybe you have, maybe you've, maybe you, maybe you've won this one, Jeff. I don't uh, know. I, I'll take it as humbly as possible. I don't want to, I don't want to get so <laughs> gloaty that it makes you not want to. Uh, be honest with yourself how you felt about Andrew Garfield now that you've seen the film as opposed to uh, so so let me ask you then do you feel better about Andrew Garfield now that you've seen this movie as far as his performances if uh, like if you see him in a film you're oh I'm interested in that oh it's got Andrew Garfield is he gonna uh, well turn yeah you away so the, the the answer is yes but um so I did watch a uh, another recent movie from uh, that had Andrew Garfield in it. Uh, it's called The Eyes uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye, and uh, it's another on Faith uh, Tammy. It Faye is Baker, another, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a it's a faith based film, but it doesn't shy away from well. It's from about any Tammy of Faye their Baker. shortcomings, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 the rise and fall of um, Tammy Faye and what was the guy's name? Um, the Bakers. They're televangelists, anyways. Right. Um, and Andrew Garfield plays the Tammy Faye's husband, and I just like, man, he 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 just approaches every character like with this like, kind of this like you know all shucks attitude and. And sometimes that's just that's not good. I don't like it. <laughs> and and like I thought, like in like the beginning, the first half of this film, uh, Silence. I, that, that's that's what I was getting. I was getting the all shucks Andrew Garfield, you know, Peter Parker, Spider Man character, and and I didn't like it. I, I didn't want that. I I wanted I wanted a different character. And, I, and as the movie went on we got the evolution of Andrew Garfield's character and I thought he did admirably with, with the role. Um, and so, yes, I will, I will give Andrew Garfield a second consideration when I see his name in a, in, in the credits, uh, and I haven't seen the film. So yeah, so I, I will, I, I, I will, I will look at Andrew Garfield differently after seeing this movie. It's because he showed, he did show range, um, he did show that he is capable of carrying a three hour film. Um, so yeah, well, it only cost me three hours of my life, but what's three hours. Yeah. It's a lot. Apparently it feels like a lot. <laughs> so let me ask you, so this is not, this had no bearing on the podcast, but let me ask you this. So I haven't seen this film. Do you approach Martin Scorsese films differently? Um, I yeah, and I think to me, I've I don't want to say unduly un because he's not, I've called him a hack on the pod, and that's clearly an exaggeration. <laughs> uh, um, I mean because he's made absolute classics, and I mean Goodfellas, and uh, you know, I guess that's it. Um, he's not made any <laughs> other films, I think. Uh, but um. I, I, the thing I don't like is just him dumping on the Marvel movies. You know, it's like, it's okay for movies to be fun, Martin. They don't have to be 16 hours and make you depressed when they're over. It's okay. Yeah. And it's okay for them to be depressing. That's fine too. 
but that, I, I just kind of, I don't like the elitism and it turns me off. And that, that my problems are that, uh, you know, I've seen taxi driver. It's kind of overrated, uh, but Goodfellas is amazing. And, and this is pretty good. I, I, I appreciate his ability specifically in this movie to allow the story to tell itself and to not be heavy handed one way or the other. And I think that shows in the way people interpret the scenes where the story is very clear, but what the message of the movie is can be taken in different ways. And I think that's art and that's the highest praise I can give him. Well, uh, I too think that, uh, Sometimes movies can be depressing, but still enlist hope. Um, and I think that's one of these films uh, is because, you know, if you identify, you know, as a Christian and you, you practice Christianity and you have you have faith. I, I think the ending of this movie is hope. You know, it's uh, it's Andrew Garfield never completely lost his faith and he still hung on to you know, his, his beliefs and he died, you know, with those beliefs and, and, uh, you know, and so the, the film does, does point to that, which to me is, is, is a level of, of, uh, of hope that, uh, you know, you can have a movie that's largely depressing. This movie is largely depressing. Yeah. There's not a lot of parties. No, (laughs) there's not a lot of smiles and happiness going around. Yeah. Um, and but like at the end of the movie, you're just like you know, you, I could I could see some anybody going, huh? So his faith carried him through. Ah, maybe mine can too. And uh, you know, and so that that I can get behind. And and so I I do I do think that this was a good film. Uh, I just I found it boring. Yeah. Um, and you're not. And, I, and, I mean, they, believe me, I text you like the halfway through the first half of this movie. Is just the slowest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. So I get that. It's a chore. Yeah. It's a it's 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 a chore. You have to be invested. You can't. And like that's why I was talking about like in the whisper moments and in, in the uh, you know it's because the the movie drags and it also has these whisper moments. So it's like it's lulling you, know, you to sleep. Yeah. It's like ten ten minutes of of whisper dialogue and you're just like okay what are we where are we going what are we doing let's go outside. Let's let's give me some give me some shots of mountains or something, um, and it's just like you know, and the cinematography is very good in this film, uh, by the way. So, uh, anyways, that was uh, yeah. So good, uh, that was good. It's a good choice, I, I, I guess. I, I I don't know. Um, it's fine. I, We're done. You don't I would, have to I, I, honestly. I I would never have watched that movie. Nor would have I. Uh, so, congratulations. Yeah, you're welcome. Have you ever seen? Uh, the movie Luther starring um, Joseph Fiennes. It's about uh, no, Martin Luther in the Reformation. Uh, that's a no, good I don't. Think it so. just that no. that's another one that kind of reminds me uh, similar similar observations when I finished watching it, and uh, but a much more uh, palatable movie at two hours and three minutes. But anyway, yeah. that's uh, maybe one day I'll keep that in my back pocket, and we'll uh, I'll, maybe I'll throw it on the pod one time but as for now you're back on the clock buddy and you got to find out a way 
to make me like what's his name? Kevin Costner. That's the guy, Kevin Costner. What movie are we watching by him? Uh, you picked it. It's yeah, I don't, Hell or High Water the, 2, I think. It's not Hell or High Water 2. Damn it. Um, <laughs> let him go. There you go. Is, I think that's it. Was this a Western? It's not a Western, but I think it takes place in the Midwest. Oh, God. Um, does he have a cowboy hat? I, at certain points, I think he does have a Oh, hat. Lord, it's a Western. Let him let him go. It's a Markster. It's <laughs> it's a modern western. Uh, it, it, I I enjoyed this movie. It's uh, you know, I I think I think I think you'll find it entertaining. I don't know if it's going to sway your opinion on Kevin Costner, but um, it, it's the most recent Kevin Costner film I've seen. It it's yeah. from 2020. It's not that old. Uh, it's got Diane Lane in it. I, I love me some Diane Lane. Um. And it's a kind of a not revenge story, but Ooh, it's a, uh, you know I love revenge stories though. Yeah, it's I, it's a cross between a revenge story and a kind of whodunit story or a mystery. I like that too. Oh, this is sounding great. So uh, it is it is on HBO Max. Uh, we're we're gonna review that next week. Uh, I, I'm anxious to to get your unfiltered thoughts on Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner, why you hate him so? I, I hate is a strong word. It's like hating water. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like also a Kevin Costner film, Waterworld. Oh, um. now that. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess if that's it, you can find Mark on Twitter. You can find yeah. him at I heard you liked. Yeah, so uh, uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff's got a, a, a new uh, season two of a podcast coming up. Um, what he, day is uh, this episode releasing? It's like two weeks ago. By now, there's already oh two episodes out. Uh, I is think. there really? Well, yes. By now. No, the day the day this one's releasing will be uh, February uh, 10th. Yep. They'll have so been you will have two episodes. Two Absolutely. Episodes. So uh, you can find Jeff at uh, on Twitter at Podcast by Jeff. He's got a new uh, new season, uh, Spielberg chronologically. Um, what 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 episode did they? Ju- what the, the, uh, what movie it, did you just review? It's called yesterday? Something Evil. It's a, a made-for-TV demon uh, to counteract this movie, a demon possession film, <laughs> and it's you know, not very I, good. <laughs> okay, okay, well. You know, much like most directors and their early I don't days, know, uh, dude. He's way but Like, had I watched something evil in the middle of Hitchcock, I probably would have been like, oh, my God, this is so good. But, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah, so um, if you want to get at the get at the pod on Twitter, it's uh, at Movie Draft House. Uh, throw us some recommendations for some monthly themes or if you have some some music considerations that you think need to be uh, showcased on, here on the show, uh, we'll uh, take those into considerations. And the music, once again, is brought to you by the band Hotel Fiction with the song Think Twice. Uh, catch the show notes for them. We appreciate them. Uh, Jeff, what? I can't wait for, for March's theme. Uh, what are we doing in March? Did we discuss? I think I think we did. I think we settled on its its musicals. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought I thought we had settled. No, that. I know. I, I agree. We... I believe that is the case. That's what you're looking forward to. 
Great. I am looking forward to to musicals. I have a a a, a banger of a list. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I, I have mean, nothing. I think I've seen maybe uh, three musicals. Uh, I have one of which uh, I love, which is La La Land. But I don't know that I'm going to have us watch that for a pod because uh, <laughs> I like it too much, and you might piss me off. Um, Ryan Gosling came dangerously close to making the this short list? list for this month. Yeah. Oh, I would have. He's. Played- I, I, I just I don't I don't like he, he's he's like Kevin he's a young okay, Kevin Costner. Right, so let's re, let's have a mini episode right now of uh, liking Ryan Gosling. Have you seen the other guys? The other not the oh, other with, guys. Uh, Russell Russell Crowe. The, the what Russell is it? the Crow, good guys? Right? Yeah, with Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. I just he doesn't like he doesn't emote. Uh, um, I think he's good. I think it's. Good. Uh, I mean, the baby goose doesn't have a whole lot all of right, range. All right. The goose is loose in the hoose, <laughs> and uh, I will not have you besmirch him. Look out for Ryan Gosling month. Um, I guess that's it. Let's go. Let's let's go watch a shorter movie. Uh, what is this movie? Uh, an hour fifty three. So we're under two hours. Uh, this is not Martin Scorsese approved. Yep. Uh, He's pissed. This is not real cinema, <laughs> according to him. <laughs> We'll catch you next week. Why don't you leave your denim at the door and take your Air Force back to the store? You're not yourself anymore. Oh, you think you have me pinned down, but I won't settle.